Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice from Audible.com. Here with an update on where we are in Washington, both from the bombing perspective, from the voting perspective, from the gun control perspective, is Bill Crystal, editor of the Weekly Standard. Bill, welcome back. Hey, Michael. How are you? I got to tell you, I I feel like you know, not everything is spinning out of control, but this is a crazy day between the president's petulant anger of his own failure to get a bill passed that has 90% of America supporting it, he says, to the fact that we can't seem to get any information at all about whether or not anyone has any information. I just I just feel, is there, is there anyone driving this bus, Bill Crystal? Well, one increasingly has a sense, no, and one increasingly has a sense that this well, this administration's second term will not end well, which I suppose from a partisan point of view is okay, but unfortunately they can, we're all passengers in that bus too. But I, I was really, so I, I hope things, I hope on the one hand Obama fails in most of his policies, but on the other hand I hope the country doesn't suffer too much from President Obama. I do think the Senate, uh, that was a pretty amazing day in the Senate yesterday, and then the President's little uh, remarks uh, there in the, in the Rose Garden late in the afternoon were pretty extraordinary. He seemed a little bit annoyed. That was my sense, Michael. I, I'm an astute student of psychology, if you, but, you know, that was my, my deep interpretation. Maybe you didn't You managed to that. see through the veneer? Did you catch that? I thought that was very I, astute of me there, watching to, to see that he was quite kind of angry and annoyed and a little impatient with the fact that senators voted the way they thought was right and the way that their constituents, I think, wanted them to vote in many cases. But from, uh, from uh, President Obama's point of view, they didn't do what he wanted to do. Uh, they didn't want to do what the liberal media wanted to do, what Mike Bloomberg, Mayor Bloomberg, spent $15 million trying to get them to do. I mean, it really is funny that the, the, they cast votes that are against, I would guess, the majority of the money spent on lobbying, and they're attacked as being, you know, at the service of some lobbying organization. But, you know, if I can just take a minute on that, I think what the NRA did was very interesting as a lobbying, as a public policy issue, it was a very interesting three months. The media really tried to stampede everyone after the terrible uh, massacre in Connecticut, and they had all that money behind them, all the momentum, all the moral indignation, the exploitation of the parents. And I remember when Wayne LaPierre stood up there and had that press conference, everyone said, oh, what a PR disaster. But it turned out it was very important, and it turned out it was important because he didn't just say, gee, we think gun owners should have rights too, and, and this goes too far. He said, wait a second, if you want to be serious about stopping violence in schools, Let's have armed guards in schools, as a lot of schools already do. And whether or not that should be a federal program is another question, but he managed to really change the debate. I think he got a lot of people thinking. Yeah, I, I was watching it, and I thought, yeah, you know, that, that would actually have more effect than some sort of crazy gun control measure that would, you know, uh, put, have record-keeping for guns sold between X and Y, which had nothing right. to do with any school shootings, you know. That would be, would be kind of pointless and, 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 and onerous at the same time. Um, and it was, and I think from that moment on, for all that LaPierre got bitterly attacked by the liberal media and by, and then of course by the president, the NRA has been demonized by all the liberal groups. Um, he succeeded in launching a real public policy debate. I mean, there was a real debate on the merits of whether these gun control uh, measures made sense. And the left lost those debates. President Obama lost those debates, and he never engaged those debates because he never actually made any policy arguments. He would have the parents, you know, come visit him and exploit their grief and have them go to the, you know, it was really pure emotion. The pro-gun forces actually are the ones who've made serious public policy arguments. And I think they simply won the argument. And for me, that's a real lesson in how to not get stampeded by the media, not get stampeded by uh, 
politicians like President Obama who exploit emotions. Uh, don't just play defense. Go on the offense a little bit. Say, wait a second, how about an armed guard in every school? Even if that idea isn't really one that's going to happen, it does change the debate. And I think it's a good lesson on other issues, really, for conservatives who, who are interested in resisting being stampeded but, by but Bill, this was the unique, liberal media. This was unique in a sense because pre- as pre- the President Obama, the White House's allies, had no affirmative argument for what they were doing. As one liberal host told me when I was on a TV show recently and said, how will any of these proposals stop a single crime? The answer was, well, it can't hurt. So that's the standard now for impacting an amendment in the Constitution is the it can't hurt standard. They had no affirmative arguments to make. But I think that only got exposed when the opponents did two things. They had the nerve to stand up and say, wait a second, wait a second. We all obviously grieve for the kids who were killed in Connecticut. We all would like to reduce school violence. But what is this going to do about it? I mean, in a way, the opponents deserve a lot of credit for not getting stampeded, right. for forcing a public policy argument. Too often our guys just get stampeded, or they don't get stampeded, but they don't really make any arguments. They just yes. say, well, that's not fair, you know, and right. what about Second Amendment rights, and uh, this is going too fast, you know. Well, that's, those arguments tend to get run over in the heat of the political battle. And as I say, what was key here, I think, was that they, they, by pivoting you know, into the argument, in a sense, into right. the emotion, by being willing to say, wait a second, let's be serious about school violence. Let's talk about video games. Let's mm-hmm. talk about uh, armed guards at schools. Uh, let's talk about mental health laws. Let's not just adopt some symbolic things. Suddenly it was like a little, that's what led to the situation you described, where they right. had to say, oh, I don't know, maybe it won't do any harm. Sure. I have no admiration for any of the uh, generals serving under Hitler and the Nazi uh, army, but some of them were actually good at being generals. You have to concede that. Whether you think President Obama's policies are right or wrong, can we now concede he's not very good at actually doing the job of being president? Well, I'm afraid he's not. And, you know, he was a reasonably good candidate, got himself to 51%, which isn't right. that great. I think he talked to himself into thinking that gave him a huge mandate to just uh, 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 shove everything through the Congress. It's a very important moment yesterday when the Senate, not the House, not the Republican-controlled House, but the Democratic Senate, rejected the measure he had probably spent more time on personally in the last two or three months, more time campaigning for than any other measure. Think about the implications of that. The, the House of Congress he controls, uh, he got fewer votes on the Democratic amendments to the bill than I think than Cornyn got on his amendments to the bill. I think he got the most votes, which was obviously a Republican amendment right. allowing concealed carry. So uh, I think it was a big, it could end up, historian, you know, historians look back, they may say that yesterday was an important moment in checking whatever moment, in ending, in a sense, whatever momentum President Obama had from his successful re-election. I just, how do you lose that? I mean, and I think that's one of the reasons why you saw the petulance from the president yeah. is here he is with everybody around him cheering him on. He's shamelessly exploiting these families from Newtown, even though, once again, he had to acknowledge that his bill, the bill he supported would have done nothing to stop Newtown. So he's shamelessly exploiting everyone around him. He's got the media behind him, supposedly. He said to us he had 90% support. You lose that? How do you lose? I mean, that's, I, I, I could have gotten that bill passed, Bill. 
Well, and remember, well, who were the key people he lost? Democrats, not just mm-hmm. Republicans. So it wasn't like 55 Democrats voted for it, 45 Republicans voted against it. The Republicans lost them. Members, obviously, Toomey, a respected Republican, co-sponsored the key amendment, and he lost some Democrats. And I think that is a big moment. I, I was with a bunch of House Republicans this morning, just one of these breakfasts, you know, chatting. You know, I gave a, you know, just basically brief remarks, a lot of Q&A discussion. And they were, fe- I mean, this is the other body, the House. They had no, didn't have any direct effect on them, I suppose. Uh, they weren't going to be for, for this stuff anyway, most of these House all these House Republicans that I met with, but they really, there really was a sense of we've been on the ropes a little bit the last three, four months. Our president says the Republicans are going down the tubes. We have nothing to say. Romney was horrible, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Suddenly there was a real sense of, gee, you know, this other guy, they're not so. This other side, they're not so strong either. I really hope this invigorates Republicans to think harder on a whole bunch of issues about how they can pivot. And they're not going to achieve huge legislative victories in the next year and a half, and they shouldn't just play defense. They shouldn't just sit back and say, oh, this is unfair, he's ramming this stuff through. They really need to go on the offensive a little bit, uh, take some of their arguments, um, some of their policy proposals, pass them through the House, and then make uh, make it tough for the Senate to say no. Bill, down in South Carolina, the Republican Attorney General found out that the law doesn't allow you to deny someone you know, the ability to buy a gun if they have a mental health issue. So that Republican is leading the fight on that. Isn't this the time for the Republicans to propose something that makes sense and they can seize the job themselves? Well, I wouldn't be bad on, on that issue, and I think on a bunch of other issues. I, I met with a Republican in the House the other day. It's my, my week for going up to see, I guess, House Republicans for some reason. And I said, why aren't you moving on that medical uh, device tax, which the Senate voted about three to one to get rid of, which is part of Obamacare, which would damage Obamacare, which would be a good thing, and repeal a tax, which is a bad tax, which penalizes medical innovation. So, well, we want to hold everything back, because we want to have one big bill six or nine months from now. We don't want to, so if we send something over to the Senate, they could put on some one of their taxes and send it back to us, and then it gets complicated. Well, guess what? That's politics. <laughs> so you don't win if you don't do anything. And I really, as I say, in a way, the lesson for me of this gunfight was, the NRA didn't just go passive. They didn't just go into a defensive shell. They really tried to reframe the debate, and I think they did so quite successfully. And it was, a, and I think, a legitimate public policy uh, victory in a way for them in terms of the debate. Uh, and I, I really think Republicans could do this in a lot of different areas. Thanks so much, Bill. I really appreciate your time for joining us and bringing us the very, very latest from Washington. My pleasure, Michael. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. And thanks to audible.com for their special offer, a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. Be sure to check out the special offer from audible.com. I'm your host, Michael Graham.